So here's the question. Is this called a condition against the Torah or not? What is Rav's opinion about that? So the Gemara is bothered by this. Visava Rav, does Rav really hold Tenoikayim that the condition is a valid condition? We have a statement. Somebody says, I'm, uh, I'm selling you this item. Can we find this? We had this elsewhere. I'm selling you this item on the condition that uh, you will never come back to me that I overcharged. You know, normally there's a protection for a buyer when, a, when the price is too high. The buyer is protected and he can go ahead and um, re, retrade, you know, go back and say that you overcharged me and I want the money back that you overcharged. That's the norm. So that's the Torah provides that right if it's over a sixth from, you know, more than what it should be. Um, so, so what does Rav say about that? You want, he, this guy wants to say, I'm, I'm at, I'll sell this to you, but you can't, you can't have the claim of Ona I'm, that I'm overcharging. And Rav Amr, yesh lo love Ona. doesn't matter. Even though you put that as condition, it's masna mashkos Torah, you can't do that. Shmuel Amr, ain't lo love Ona. No, Shmuel says you could. It's monetary things. These things are subject to mechil and he was mocha. So Ella halacha k'rab shem gamliel to Amar hamas hamashikosba Torah tenai batel. Must be that halacha is right that tenai batel master hamashikosba Torah is tenai batel. For Rabbi Yitzchak, but his reasoning is wrong. The other Rabbi Shem Gamliel sober meisi yerushena. Rabbi Shem Gamliel says that if he dies, then he gets to inherit it. But Rabbi sober meisi lo yerushena, and Rab says no, he doesn't inherit it. Why? Because it's um, because right. So the question is, hi mitame That would be that his reasoning's right. His halacha's wrong. You can't say the halacha's like Rabbi Shem Gamliel just his reasoning's wrong. If you agree with his reasoning, but just you say it doesn't apply here because this is not a, it's not a daraisa. Uh, so that would be his reasoning's right. His halacha's wrong. So, um, Ella, so Ella, rather, Halacha, Krabshim Gamliel, Damari, Macy, Rishena. The Halacha is like Krabshim Gamliel that if he dies, he still inherits her. If she dies, he inherits her. But Lami Tamim, but his reasoning's wrong. Why? The Ilu Rabshim Gamliel, Sabrid, Bidar Raisa, Tren Batel, Ha Bidar Abana, Tren Kaim. The Raisa, it's Batel, but the Rabbanan, you could make a condition against the Rabbanan, Rabbinic law. The Rav Sabra, I feel the Rabbanan, Tren Batel. Rav says, that it's not true. Even in rabbinic law, it uh, it, it, it the you you can't make the the conditions batel. The rabbis established their laws with the same strength. So the Gemara says that also is difficult. His halacha and reasoning is right. Just the the he limits it to that, and the rab extends it. Right, the rab Rab just adds on. He's not. He's not disagreeing in in the reasoning or the the halacha of Rav Shimon Gamliel. So that wouldn't fit either. Why not? The reasoning's wrong. from the Torah. He says his reasoning is not right because he said that it's because it's the Arisa. It's not true. The Arusha of a, of a husband, of a wife, is not from the Torah. The Chachamim strengthened their halacha to the level of Torah law 
but it's not really a Torah law. So therefore, your, your reasoning is incorrect. But the bottom line is, yeah, this, the, 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 the condition that you put is not there, it's not true, not valid. So the Gemara says, is this true? Does he say that the husband's inheriting his wife is only rabbinic in nature? But the Mishnah says, When somebody inherits his wife, um, he should give back that inheritance to the family. And he should get it, like it sounds like, you know, he should give it to them cheaply. Sell it back to them. We were wondering, what is Rav Holt? What is... Uh, this is again Rabbi Yochanan ben Broca's opinion. What is he saying? about the race. If it's from the Torah, amayatzer. What do you mean? You talk about we're talking about a jubilee year returning something on the jubilee year. Why would you give it back? Yerusha doesn't return when you have an inheritance that does not return to on Yovel. and if it's only rabbinic, so What is the difference? Why do you get money? So Rav Rav explained Rabbi Yochanan ben Broca. His wife, um, the inheritance that he got from his wife was the family burial plot. That was the Yerusha. And the reason why is to have other people buried in their family plot is a, is a, a gun to the family. And that they're going to have to bury their, uh, their family members somewhere else is a pagam. So therefore, let him let we say it make a you know help up the family, sell it back to them, okay, um, and, and and you know take money instead, to return it to the family. What does it mean? He should discount the value. Why to make ever Because since he has the responsibility to bury his wife, so that much should come off of what he's selling to them. He can't sell it with that extra plot in there because. That plot is his responsibility. So he sells everything but that plot, well, because he has to bury his wife there. Kintanya Mokhar Kivro, Videra Kivro, somebody who sells his own burial plot, okay, and the, the way to get to the burial plot, the access, and, you know, the easement. Mamado, the place where it stands, and Makam Espedo, there's like, they used to have like a, an area where they would eulogize. Bayin Mishpacha, the family. Uh, Forces, even though he sold it away to somebody else, they come, they cover no soap, and they basically they buy it back or they, they take it back from who he sold it to. Because really, you shouldn't sell that type of thing. Anyway, the point being is, Rav is clearly saying that Yerushas Habal is Daraisa. That's what he's explaining is the Pshat in Rabbi Yechem and Broka. So Gemarit says, Rav, the time of Rabbi Yechem and Broka, he was telling an explanation of Rabbi Yechem and Broka's own opinion. This is what Rabbi Yechimurk is saying. I personally hold that the Yerusha of the husband is not from the Torah, and therefore that's not, that, but Rabbi Yechimurk clearly holds that it is, and that's the story. Rabbi, yeah. Is there a pain of being buried with one spouse, or is it both the spouse who buried with their some families? Is the family, you know what I'm saying? Um, uh, I've seen uh, well basically most most of the time it, there is an Indian of being buried with one spouse I would say is that definitely that is the that is more common of the custom is to be buried together then with the spouse they usually go separately to their own families right right unless sometimes you know like a lot of times in like a second marriage then they then they 
then they don't, you know, they, 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 it's a discussion, you know, then they would not necessarily be buried together. But, uh, but in a standard marriage, the, the wife would go where the husband is. And she would be part, but this is a case where the the wife was, was you know had the you know had the rights to the burial plot. She owned the lot. I guess man, again, with right? Her exactly man. with her with her. And he doesn't have a, a plot there. Right, exactly. So it's not uh, you so know. So they split. Right, right, exactly. But that's okay, also. It's okay. I mean, you know, whatever was agreed upon. There's no rules. You know, what I'm saying it's what you know. You you bury where you want to be buried. You know, that's the idea. I mean, there are some. Uh, Right, some. Girlfriend. Yeah, some rabbis wanted to be buried, you know, where, you know, in the, like, uh, you know, there's like a place, uh, an area where the rabbanim are buried, so the, the wives won't necessarily be buried there, you know, but, you know, but the, it's still a big schuss to be buried amongst the great rabbis, so, like, you know, whatever, so. Uh-huh. I don't know, so this is like. Anyway. Whatever. whatever it's a discussion you know it's a discussion it depends you know it's a negotiation you know you go to the woman's section yeah I know there is a woman no there are a lot of there are a lot of uh, Hasidim that don't bury men and women together really? so they're like not far from each other but it's like they it's like separate seating really yeah, yeah like a uh, Hasidish uh, plot even after death huh? Even after death, is a it's a minute. It's a minute. It's a minute. Anyway, all right. Brings us to the new Mishnah. Misha may somebody dies. So he has, okay. He has a wife, okay, who needs her ksuva. He has a creditor who he owes money to, and he has inheritors, kids. And there's a, a deposit. Or alone, outstanding. So, where does that money go? That's the question. So, you give it to the weakest party. We'll see who the weakest party is, but you give it to the weakest party. Um, There's no such thing as mercy in law. Okay, Law is not mercy. Law is law. You follow the law. Okay? The only ones who get it is the uh, Yorish, is the narrators. Why? Because they have the the strongest claim on the on the deceased estate. Everyone else needs to swear. The wife needs to swear that she didn't dip into the ksuva. The um, the creditor needs to swear that he's owed the money still. And uh, the Yorshin are the only ones who get the Yerusha without having to swear. So therefore, they have a strongest claim. And therefore, that's where it goes. And um, everyone get online, you know, basically, to, so in terms of getting paid back. Okay. What if there's loose fruit? Minakarka. So it's not any, it's not, it's uh, loose, not attached to the ground. So it didn't go automatically to the inheritors. So whoever is first, first come, first serve. Or if the woman grabbed more than her ksuva, or the creditor grabbed more than his debt, so hamoser, what's left over, should be given to the weakest party, as we'll have to define soon. And Rabbi Kiva says, again, we don't have mercy in law. 
Yorshin, he also goes to the Yorshim, Shekulun Tzrichim Shvuah, Ve'ena Yorshim Tzrichim Shvuah. Okay. So that's the story. Okay. Now, why do we talk about both alone and a deposit? The answer is, it's necessary. Why did on a milva? If you just say alone, but how come a Rabbi Tarfan? Maybe that's where Rabbi Tarfan says his position that that they can they can sort of take it or be give it to who we want. Why? Because it's not really the same money when when there's when somebody borrows money, that money's spent. This is new money that he's paying back with, so to come and grab it or give it to the to whoever we want, it's uh, more likely to, that you shouldn't have to right away give it to the orsha. that is intact. So maybe Rabbi Tarfan would agree with Rabbi Kiva that you have to give it to the orsha. And we if we just say the case of uh, uh, the case of the pikadon. Maybe Rabbi Kiva only says it by by Pekadon. Maybe by the loan he'll agree with Rabbi Tarfan. That's why I have to say that they are even arguing in both the loan and the deposit. Now, my Kosho, Okay, so we have to define what does it mean the Kosho, the weakest party. Who's the weakest? So Rabbi Yosef the one who has the weakest proof. Meaning. Um, Meaning the the one with the latest, the 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 latest date on the debt. Why? Because that's the weakest one. Because everyone who's owed money from earlier, any property that was sold off, they would have a lien on. So therefore, they're more protected to get their money back somehow, as opposed to the person who's in the le- latest, the the. The most recently uh, uh, borrowing or the lien, so they're not very unlikely to actually get anything. They might not get paid, so therefore that's who gets it first. Okay, that's Rabbi Yosef Ruchnina's understanding. And Rabbi Yehoshua Luxuvah Sisha. No, the weakest is understood to be the Ksuva of the wife. Why? Because of uh, because we want people to women to want to marry. And um, and therefore we want to make sure that they feel secure, and that's what and that's what they're, and they're called weak because they're not the type to go to court and go g- demand their rights. It's not it's not the nature, and therefore that's what the issue is. Kintanai, and this is actually machlokas tanoim. and that's the right way to behave. You know to to protect the person with the weakest claim. And Rabbi Lazar Malakzubizisha. It's for the Ksuba because of, again, finding favor in the women's eyes that they'll be willing to marry. Okay. Brings us to the next thing. What if uh, there was uh, detached fruit? Okay. Peros Tolution. Okay. So, Rabbi Kiva, my area, Moser. Why? Rabbi Kiva is saying, arguing with Rabbi Tarfa, what to do with the leftovers. Forget the leftovers. The whole thing should have to go to the to the to the to the to the inheritor to the to the orshim, so kulu nami the orshim abos. The Gemara says you're absolutely right. Eino kanami. It's exactly what we are saying. We talked about the Mozart because because that's what Rabbi Tarfon said, and he's arguing on. He's talking to Rabbi Tarfon. Okay, so Rabbi Kiva tfisolamahanyaklau. Is that true that uh, Rabbi Ta- Rabbi Kiva doesn't? 
allow for any grabbing at all to, to take if somebody's owed money that he can grab it so Amrava, Amrav Nachman yes you could but that's only you'll only agree that it, you that grabbing is effective to your benefit if you grab it prior to his death once he dies it goes automatically to the ocean and now you have to figure out how to get it out of the hands of the arch of the inheritors but while he's alive and you're owed money to you could grab it Michaim. okay so as a creditor so amrava amrav nachman vishatavs mekhaim now lurab tarfan demanghecha so rab tarfan is saying that these fruits are available for the grabbing now the question is where are they located that they're available for the grabbing um, so Rav Shmuel Dami Tavayu, both Rav Shmuel say, "Vushet Zburu Menachem Vushet Rav." It has to be that they are piled up in the public domain, because if it's in the public domain, then it's no, not in the possession of when he dies of the of the of the land, which would mean that it's already automatically to the in the inheritor's hands. Um, but if it's uh, but if it's in public domain, it's sitting on the on the street, so then it's available. Avobisimta. What if it's the side, of, like the simta is like the corner of the public domain where transactions can take place? You can actually make kinyanim over there. So lo, that not. And Rabbi Yochanan very shlagish damit basimta. Even in a simta, it's the same thing. Um, that's not really the domain. It's not the rishus of the deceased, and therefore it doesn't come automatically acquired by the inheritors. Okay. So that's like a side machlokas. Now, we have here a story. Don't dine Tarfin. There were some judges who ruled um, following Reb Tarfin's opinion, which is that it, the money should be given to the weakest party. And Rish Lakish reversed their ruling. And he said, you got to, you know, sorry, it's an incorrect ruling. You got to give it back uh, to the Orshan because Rabbi Kiva's right. Amrle Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan was bothered that Reish Lakish did that. Asizik Shal Torah, you make like the halacha of Rabbi Kiva is like a it's like a mistaken Torah law. I mean, you know, uh, So like, which basically what he was saying is that is it Torah is a halacha like Rabbi Kiva? This is a, a machlokas tanoim. They followed Rabbi Tarfon. What business? It was a psak halacha. It's a valid psak. What right do you have to like sort of you know? You know, change that and take it away and make it go to become, you know, like to reverse a, a ruling. It's not an incorrect ruling. Maybe, you know, that's the question. So, what is the machlokis exactly between Rabbi Yochanan and Rish Lakish here? So, let me welcome you. This is machlokis. The Mishnah Is that what the case is? So, the Mishnah says, Of course, if it was something as open, not a Torah law, but even as open as a straight up Mishnah, that would reverse. Uh, a halacha that they paskened, okay? Because they went out, they mistake, they missed the Mishnah. But halacha v'akim evki marzav alokir Rabbi Kiva mechaveiro v'lo mirabo. Rabbi Rabbi Yochanan's opinion is that, that the law follows Rabbi Kiva from peers, not from teachers. And Rabbi Tarfon was his senior, was like a teacher. Marzav alokir afilu mirabo. The halacha is like Rabbi Kiva, even against a Rabbi, even against uh, a somebody more senior. Or alternatively, it's only friends, not a rabbi. Question apparently is not very clear whether Rabbi Tarfan was actually a rabbi. Maybe he was just a chaver. 
If he was just a chaver, then the halacha is known to be like Rabbi Kiva. Viva is him, a third possibility, to call him a chaver Ava. Of course, Rabbi Tafram was only a chaver. What does it mean that the halacha is like Rabbi Kiva from his peers? Does that mean if it's one on one, if it's just one on one? Um, does it mean that that's the actual law, or does it mean that we that we would follow Rabbi Kiva? That's what they should have done. But if it was already paskin the other way, then you gotta leave the psak. It's not like an incorrect psak. So that's the machlokis. Okay, we have here a story. Yitmar, Kreved Rabbi Yechonan. There was a relative of Rabbi Yechonan. Tavas Para. He asked me. Misimta. He grabbed hold of a cow. He was owed money by the owed money by the. Uh, by the or by the by the pair by the deceased, and he died, and there was a cow sitting there in the public domain on the by the corner of the public domain, and he grabbed it. Also came to Rabbi Yechonan, so he came to Rabbi Yechonan and he said, "Am I allowed to keep this? I'm allowed to shop here. You grabbed it. That's good. It's good. You're entitled to it." Also came to Rabbi Shimon Lakish, then they asked Rabbi Shimon Lakish, "I'm a little sorry. Zilu Adar, give it back." Also, Kamei Rabbi Yechonan came before Rabbi Yechonan. So he said, Rabbi, Rabbi Shimon Lakish disagrees with you. So he said, He's of equal stature to me. He argues, he argues. You know, like I, I say that it's okay. He said that. Okay, I have another story. They asked me there was some, there was the uh, the the cowboy of the Asoma, meaning he watched the the, the cattle of the orphans. And some Balchov, uh, Balchov, while he was under his watch, a creditor grabbed uh, one of the one of the bulls. Amar, uh, no, so 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 it was grabbed away. Balchov, Amar, the Balchov says, I took it while he was still alive, and therefore I'm entitled to keep it because that's what we saw before that. He, he, even Rabbi Kiva agrees that if he if a creditor grabs it while he's alive, he's entitled to it. The, the cowboy said, uh, He only grabbed it afterwards. So I was the commander of Nachman. So the case came before of Nachman. And he said, Do you have proof that he took it? Meaning, do you have witnesses that it was grabbed away? So I'm No, I do not. So I'm He could say, Look, he, right now he's in possession. He could argue that he actually bought it. So he had a miku to say, he wouldn't need any further proof to say, yeah, I paid for it, I bought it, it's mine. So, so he could, since he would be believed to say that he bought it, he's also believed to say that he took it while the guy was still alive. So the bird, you know, so therefore he gets to keep it. We have a rule that uh, flocking animals don't have any chazaka because they always they're they're always on the move and they're you know like they're let out to pasture and whatever they're grazing you know so they're just easy to get a hold you know to to grab so shani tura that's true by by the smaller animals you know sheep and goats but a bull the mesir the uh, uh, the uh, the the um, uh, it's a little different when it's uh, when it, you know. Cow, bulls are dangerous animals, and they're more. Um, um, anyway, 
No, no, I'm sorry. The Messir Laro. Since it's watched by a, by a shepherd or somebody, it's more, it's different than other than the smaller flocking animals, basically. That's the difference. And they are, um, uh, having them in position, in possession is a, uh, uh, is, is, is a raya. Okay. Um, okay. We have another story. So the house of the Nazi grabbed hold of a maid from, of orphans, also who was in the Simta, because they were owed money by the, by the family, by the father who passed away. So they all sat down. was there with them. And Amrlo, Shabbat of they had a right to grab it. Grab it. They grabbed it. Amrlohu Rabbi Abba, Rabbi was there. He said, "Mishum de beinasiyaninu just because they are fancy people, they're the Nazi's household. You're you're uh, flattering them. That's not talachva. Don't I need to grab tarfon the law follows Rabbi Akiva and it goes to the orphans and they, they got to go through the proper channels they can't just grab things away and that is the story with that alright, the next thing it really will continue more into the next stuff so we'll stop over here and save it for tomorrow alright